You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line. And he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them, so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because of your faith in him. It is being talked about all over the world. God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night, I bring you and your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about his son. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I have seen among other Gentiles. For I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and the uneducated alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome too, to preach the good news. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. We've looked forward for some time to uh, this book of Romans. And as we begin this study that Pastor Jason has put together for us in classes and groups and in these messages, I want to talk with you this morning about the introduction of the words that Paul uses. And there's a certain power that's coming through microphones today, even as I speak. <laughs> to understand about Romans, you have to understand Paul. And to understand Paul, you have to understand 
the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel, the words of the original language means dynamite. It is something that is life changing, life altering. It is a dynamic that will change the world. It is a dynamic that changed the apostle Paul. Now, Paul was always an intense guy. Paul was always a guy that could be a bull in a china shop kind of personality. Paul was out to kill Christians. Paul was the guy that was opposed to the gospel. Paul believed before he met Jesus that Jesus was nothing more than a heretic who was leading astray his own Jewish brothers and sisters. You see, before Paul met Jesus, he thought only people who could be made right with God was through the old Jewish religious law and system. He only believed really Jews. Only Jews could be made right with God and only particular Jews. And one of the worst things I could tell you, one of the ugly secrets about Paul is that he was a racist. And he wasn't just a racist. He was a religious racist which is pretty much the worst kind. But something happened to Paul. He was on the road to Damascus to try to do away with some more of those people who were placing their faith in Jesus, trying to throw them into prison or to kill them like he had had Stephen stoned. But he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Kristen Sims Strong, in the book, Good News for the People of the World, Jason's book, creates an image each week, a piece of art. And she has that piece of art that uh, depicts what happened to Paul on that road when he met Jesus. He was knocked to the ground. Now, you and I may not have that kind of a Damascus Road experience with Jesus, but here's the point. No matter what the emotions are like, no matter how episodic it is or not, when you have an encounter with Jesus, it will not leave you the same. There will be fruit. There will be life change. For many of us who grew up in the church, it's been a wonderful process. But today, I want to ask you the question. How alive is the power of the gospel in you?
right now? How is it active? How is it transforming? I got my buddy, Brent Musto, who was my seminary buddy, and he's been on disability for five years. And he texted me this morning, and he said, Bob, introduce somebody to Jesus today. So what Brent is getting at is that's the heart of what we are about in our life is that have we met Jesus Christ? And are people able to meet Jesus Christ through us? Kristen Sims writes this reflection of what happens to a person who has an encounter with Jesus. Kristen makes this astute observation that we, we, we live, friends, inside the shell of our own mind. It is easy to believe the lie that life is all about us. Our horizon begins and ends with self. Mercifully, mercifully, God confronts us with the truth that the horizon begins and ends with Christ. When we meet Him, realize who He is and what He has done for us, our lives reorient. Our former goals are adjusted or discarded and His glory becomes the purpose of our existence. And if this sounds radical, it's exactly that. The gospel gets right down to the root of the problem. And the problem is that you think, I think, by our nature and our life, we are programmed to think by our culture that the universe revolves around self, around us. And we create all this false self around us. And Jesus Christ has a way of undoing us before he puts us back together. Anybody understand that? Jesus has a way of stripping us down. Jesus has a way of removing all the false stuff and all the stuff and the facade that has been put around us that we've put on ourselves to protect ourselves from the transforming power of the God. Jesus has a way of stripping us down and we have to get naked before we can wear the clothes of righteousness. Well, I'm going to. <laughs> Jesus has a way of killing us I mean killing us before he can resurrect us. The old self has got to die. Paul had to die. But what happened to Paul was an amazing resurrection. And after he met Jesus, this religious bigot, he loved everybody. This guy still understood that we all have a problem. 
inside of us and we all have flaws. Don't get me wrong. But the root of the solution is that we cannot fix ourselves. And we need Jesus. And so Paul writes to the book, to to the Romans, these words, I am not ashamed of the good news, the gospel about Christ. It is the power, the dynamite is the original word, the dynamite of God at work, saving everyone who believes. Notice the words, the Jew first, yes. God brought the news, the good news to the Jews first. But he doesn't stop there. And also the Gentile, also the Greek, also the non-Jew, also everyone. And Paul continues, the good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. You ever feel like you're just, you're right? Not not right about something. Not self-righteous kind of right. But you've just kind of been made right by a power not of yourself. That's the gospel. God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished. This is accomplished. This is done, the scripture says, by our works. No. By following religious rules. No. By our own merit. No. It is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. It's through faith, friends, that we have access to God's love. It is faith that God, through the cross of Jesus Christ and raising Jesus from the dead, has done for us what we cannot do ourselves, where we have peace with God. We're made right. And it's not just what God does for us. It's what God does in us. Where you and I begin to change. We're able to love the way we've never been able to love before. As our faith and our strength is in the power of God. J.D. Walt, who uh, writes the daily text, and we receive that throughout our church, recently talked about the, the problem that so many times we religious people can have is that we create a merit badge mentality in our spirituality. It's kind of based on the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts. As you work toward becoming an eagle, 
or you accomplish this or this or that. You, you wear your badges. You wear your spiritual badges on yourself. And he was at a retreat recently, and there was a lot of spiritual people there with their badges, their accomplishments, their status, their positions. And the leader said, friends, just leave your spiritual badges at the door. They don't belong here. Friends, I'm an achiever. And um, one of the problems with being an achiever is you, you begin to get too wrapped up in your achievements. And at the end of the day, and at the end of your life, what really matters is people really come to know God through us? Are people really being introduced to Jesus through us? And friends, you and I are living in a time and a place where a lot of people are just rolling their eyes when anyone talks to anybody about Jesus. It's hard. But we just have to just kind of then settle in and look at our own life first and believe that our faith in Jesus and the power of the gospel still is what the world needs. It's not about getting defensive and it's not about putting undue pressure on ourselves in saying we are the ones that have to convert somebody. But it is about believing. Really believing in the good news. And being like Paul, unashamed. Unashamed of the power of the gospel to change a life. And it oftentimes begins with conversation. Daryl Davis is a musician. In his own words, he's a black man. He's a blues musician. And for the last 30 years in his life, he has befriended members of the Ku Klux Klan. And over the past 30 years, he's had over 200 Klansmen turn in their hood to him personally. How in the world is this happening? Well, it begins with a conversation. It begins with the connection that they have, their love for blues music. It begins with Daryl Davis saying, uh, how can you hate me when you don't even know me? And the conversation starts from there. 
And if the conversation goes far enough, the clansman will reveal one of the basic tenets of the clan. The belief that people with black skin are inferior, not simply intellectually, but they have a gene for violence. And so Daryl Davis says back, well, I'm as black <laughs> as black can be. <laughs> well, how do you respond to religious racism? This is what Daryl Davis does. This is how he responds. And I thought about it for a minute. And then I used his point of reference. I said, well, we know, we all know, you know, that all white people have a gene within them that makes them a serial killer. And he says, what do you mean? And I said, well, name me three black serial killers. He thought about it. He could not do it. I said, Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, Charles Manson, John Wayne Gacy. All white. All white. I said, son, you are a serial killer. He says, Daryl, I've never killed anybody. I said, your gene is latent, hasn't come out yet. <laughs> he goes, well, that's stupid. I said, well, duh, you're right. What I said was stupid, but no more stupid than what you said about me. And he got very, very quiet. And then he changed the subject. Five months later, based on that conversation, he left the Klan. His robe was the first robe I ever got. So Daryl Davis says, I have never converted anybody but they saw the light and they converted themselves begins with the conversation Blake Brewer Blake and Amanda Brewer are leaders of Stumo ministry at Missouri State University they've been in ministry here for five years they're members of Schweitzer and last Thursday night, they had 625 college students and three jumping mules in their backyard hosting it, hosting a barbecue. Blake has a, a, a wonderful ability to connect with people. And, and he will share the gospel, the good news in conversation in natural, normal ways with anyone. It was a few weeks ago, at near the beginning of the school year, he walked across the lawn towards some African-American students. They were freshmen. They were from Kansas City, as it turned out. He walked over just purposely to say hello. And they said hello, and they said, you are the first white person that has spoken to us. And then he asked the question, is this a racist town? Now, if you were Blake Brewer, how would you have answered that question? Well, how he answered it isn't all that important. The point is it led to conversation. It led to a connection. 
You know, I think, friends, it gets down to this. Do we believe in the power of the gospel anymore? Do we believe in the good news of Jesus Christ? And are we willing to step out of our comfort zones, walk across the room, connect to people in daily life that may look different than us or feel different than us, just begin a conversation. Now, friends, I think there's all kinds of tactics about how to right the wrongs of the world. And there's lots of wrongs. And I'm not here to criticize other people's approach. But I'm here to say that if social principles alone or if pronouncements or statements alone in newspapers or calling people out alone or acrimonious words or political caucusing or people talking and shouting at each other would have changed the world and saved the world, the world would have been saved a long time ago. It's like my problem with the bumper sticker that says, honk if you love Jesus. I never know what to do with that. Because I love Jesus. I just don't want to honk. Because I think the world has got too much honking. I think we got all kinds of honking. We need conversation. We need to be able to reach out and see another human being. We need to love people the way we are loved. We need to ask God to help us to break through and share the good news and be the good news of Jesus Christ. So it's in that spirit this morning. I invite you to stand with me. If you're able, please remain seated and you can fully participate in this otherwise. But what I want to share with you this morning are three membership vows that speak at the heart of what we've been talking about today. And uh, I want to invite you uh, as, a, as a believer or a Christian or member, if you are, to just to reaffirm your faith in this. And this can be just a simple religious ritual that we do, or this can be a way of saying, yes, God. I want you to move and do something new in me. So there's hand gestures. I'm going to do in each one of these. You're welcome to do the hand gestures with me if you'd like. So, friend, here's the first question. And the answer is, if you believe it, you just simply say, yeah, we do. Okay. On behalf of the whole church, and this is where uh, I use this, this gesture of renouncing. I want to send this stuff away. I want to send away the assignments of the enemy. I want to send away the principalities and the powers of evil that's, that's affecting this world. I just, I just want to send it away. So I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness? Reject the evil powers of this world and repent of your sin. You're pretty weak. That's pretty weak. Second question. 
Do you accept? You accept the freedom and the power that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. That's better. Last question. Do you profess? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior? Put your whole trust in His grace and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. I do. Now let's just uh, pray a moment. And then we're going to sing a wonderful old gospel song. And we're just going to ask God right now to visit us. Come Holy Spirit. We are weak. But you are strong. We are oftentimes befuddled. And we oftentimes feel defeated. But there is victory in Jesus. And as Paul discovered you on the road to Damascus, May we renew and rediscover you, living Jesus, in our daily life. Help us, Lord, not to be ashamed of the gospel, but to believe and trust in you of what's been accomplished through faith. Help us to celebrate God. And bring some new people into your kingdom this day and in our tomorrows. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.